Hello and welcome to the Football Collective Podcast, a football research podcast for debate, discussion, highlighting members of the collective, their research and all things football within the world of academia. In this episode, we catch up with Fabian Fritz, a research associate and lecturer at HJW Hamburg. Fabian also tells us about his PhD at the University of Hamburg, which is close to finishing. He tells us how he became involved with the unique Hamburg club St. Pauli, how life is in Germany during lockdown, and what the general vibe is surrounding the return of the Bundesliga. Enjoy. How was life in Germany and in lockdown? Uh, yeah, it was uh, really quiet, but now we're going back to having a normal life, call it like this. So, um, as you already noticed, uh, football is back somehow. Um, our universities do online courses. From this week on, we can have um, social distancing courses. That means we can have 15 students in one course. If there is a room for 100 people, everybody have to be five meters away from each other. So, it's slowly going back to normal life let's say yeah well i'm i'm looking forward to coming back to normal life here in england as well um, <laughs> as i said yeah, you struggle a little bit more to get back that fast yeah well it's, it's going to be a struggle i think as i say it's great to have you on and you've got quite a unique story of how you ended up joining the football collective i believe we both went to the same conference together in glasgow do you just want to tell us a little right, bit about yeah. how you came to join the collective uh, yeah, it's um, basically started with Glasgow, but it's, it wouldn't be true to say that was my first contact with it because I am when I did my master's in science of education or in Germany you would say social pedagogy, I think, um, I did my work experience. I did an internship with the FC United of Manchester and so I got in contact with a lot of people also doing academia around football. And they told me about the football collective. And on the same time, we set up a, like a young researchers network um, of people doing research around football. And they also told me about the uh, football collective. So I thought, okay, could be a good time to join it. So I went to Glasgow to present about my PhD project, what's basically um, about community ownership uh, in football in England. And yeah, so I went to Glasgow, did a presentation, and I think I made a lot of friends and mates there. And since that, I'm in contact with a lot of people on a regular basis. So I, I felt very welcome. It was really cool. So FC United and Manchester are a very unique club. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did there during the internship and what it was like working inside of a club like that? Yeah, um, sure. So um, I went there twice, um, three months um, each stay. And yeah, it was basically the internship to get my um, experience to do social work. And so that's why I joined the community team of the club. Um, so my first project was stuff like going to schools and offer lessons, um, going to places where homeless people can, could stay and uh, cooking with them, doing stuff like this. And after I got a little bit more experience, so the first stay was 2012 and the second one was 2013. And in the second one, I organized an international youth exchange together with the um, German club SV Babelsberg uh, 03. 
So it's on the same time the club um, San Paulo that I follow has a friendship with. And um, yeah, that was basically the stuff I did. And, and since that, I was a regular visitor in Manchester and it felt very cool because um, the community team was very open. I could, you know, I took over my own tasks and I got much more responsibility to do stuff than I had in Germany before when I was a younger student. So um, I got my space to improve my skills and stuff. And um, I could also brought, uh, I brought some ideas from Germany. We discussed them. And so that's somehow how the youth exchange was set up in the end. So it was a very good experience. FC United of Manchester are doing some great work in the community as well. So just want to give a quick shout out to them. Um, I said, Thank you, really. I think it's brilliant what they're doing. So if we talk yes. more about your individual research and your current PhD, mm-hmm. that centres around community ownership of football clubs um, and protest clubs, which is, is also something we'll talk about with your involvement with St. Pauli just after this. So can you tell yes. us a little bit about your PhD and your research interests? Yes, I can do. And where, you know, it's uh, there's a strong link to the um, FC United um, internship because um, after that I I came back to Germany and I was like okay I have to find the topic for my um, masters for the thesis and so um, I decided why not taking this German-based theory of democratic citizenship education um, that's very strong in my department and you know like transfer it or like travel with that knowledge to the UK and so I did my masters about the democratic citizenship education potentials of FC United of Manchester as a community-owned club and that went quite well so um, I got you know a little bit attention for that um, within the club and also in Germany and so my professor offered me to do the PhD and you know having a wider focus on more clubs and other people. So what I basically did in the masters was interviewing the community staff. And what I'm doing in the PhD now is um, doing interviews with um, gatekeepers. So I went to the football association. I went to the former supporters direct organization. I went to the new organization, the Unified Football Supporters Association. Um, I went to eight different community owned clubs. Um, and carried out interviews there with um, the community workers, with young people volunteering, and with kids um, joining the projects they do. And I asked them about how they feel about being part and parcel of the, the club, how they could co determinize, how, how they could do these decisions, and how they use the democratic structure of these clubs. And at the moment, I just finished the transcripts. I kind of struggled with because as a German transcripting 30 hours of interviews was quite a, a mess but I finished that one month ago and now I'm doing the coding and I'm looking forward to finish the PhD within the next year I think. So that's great to hear. Um, have, you, have you had any other sort of issues with collecting data? I know that coronavirus is stopping a lot of people doing that. Has, has that affected your research at all? Yes, it basically did. So in two points, I still had to carry out three interviews that, um, you know, the method I'm, uh, the, the approach I'm using is um, based on discussions. So it's not this kind of narrative 
interactive interview so like you know it's it's more like a recording a discussion between different people and it not really works that well in the digital way so i had to um to skip three interviews so far and i'm waiting to do them later that's one point and then the whole um it support of the university collapsed in the middle of um corona so i couldn't use the program I used for transcription and coding anymore and had to wait until everybody got back to the offices and they could do the um, yeah the software update so um, what I did instead was focusing on the articles and stuff you you know I normally do beside the PhD so I had to use the time but at the moment I'm I hope that they or they already announced that they will think about to expand the funding that we get for a PhD you know maybe one two three months i hope that really will take place you and me both and i'm sure many other phd candidates across the world uh, yeah that... so you've you mentioned uh, previously that you follow saint Pauli. um it's a really yes, really unique right. football club um, and you're you're involved in a current role but can you just tell us how you end up getting involved with the the club that you support i think i think it's brilliant that you are and then tell us a little bit about your current role with the club yeah so it's i think my yeah let's call it the supporters uh, biography is quite typical for san Pauli supporter i um always was a little bit into football when i was a teenager but i did other sports like judo and uh, boxing and stuff like this i never was that much into playing football and then um, i became very much involved in left-wing politics in my east german hometown and that leads to visiting all the St. Pauli games because there was a huge amount of left-wing people going there when they played the East German teams. So I made friends while staying um, in the stadium at the away games. And they told me, oh, you are into youth work. Um, there is a great opportunity of a bachelor and master in Hamburg. Come here to study that. So I went to Hamburg to study youth work because that was what I basically did before as a young volunteer. And so one thing came to the other. I already got the contacts. I went here to see every single game. I later applied for a season ticket. And when I was very young, I was very much involved in the um, active supporters, like, um, you know, all the stuff happening around the ultras and other fan groups. So I I joined every away game in the bus and all that stuff. So I stepped a little bit back from that since I have a proper job. But yeah, that, that was basically how I got involved in the fan base, let's say. And now it leads. So in the end, I, I got a job at the club. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about the job that you do at the club, the current role? Yeah, of course. So um, it all started. So um, it's also a little bit uh, difficult to explain where it started. But um, when I had to do the work experience for my bachelor, you know, the FC United thing was for the masters, yeah. for the master. But um, the I also had to do a work experience in the bachelor and I asked the so-called fan project. So every German club, professional club, has to have social workers being responsible for the fan base. They join the away travel, they help people, help people if they are in trouble with police and so on. They offer homework clubs, street soccer, a, yeah, a ton of um, things. So I joined them for the first work experience. And with 
that skills, I was later asked to do the anti-racism workshop for the youth teams of the club, like the, you know, the really the youth development center, the professional one to get um, uh, the accreditation from the football association. They had to offer anti-racism courses for the U15 to the U23. And I did a good job there, I think. And so later the museum of the club asked me if I want to join them on a voluntary basis to develop youth educational stuff there. And so I um, joined them on a voluntary basis first. And then we did a lot of, um, you know, we applied for a lot of funding and we got the main funding to um, develop a study support center in our museum, museum um, of the club. And so I became the manager of this study support center because I did all the the contracts and all that stuff and developed the whole concept of it. And now we have me as the manager and we have two employees that carry out the workshops we do. And so what we basically do is we welcome school classes and youth groups to do workshops um, in different, like um, against discrimination about um, football and society about the national socialist time of our club or the history of our club, but also about, um, yeah, the, how you call that, um, the, the sustainability of our club or how, how football merchandise is produced yeah. and green, you know, the whole thing about Fridays for Future and all that yeah. stuff. So that's a very new one. And the latest one is about gender and football. So yeah, and with that stuff, we fill um, a gap that's, you know, the schools can't do in the school. So they come to us. We offer them a guided stadium tour and then uh, up to three hours workshop about these topics. And that works quite well. Not at the moment because of Corona, but <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's basically my story, how I joined the club. So St. Paul is such a, such a unique football club. And if you could describe it to people who aren't too sure about it, why would you say that is so that that the club is so unique? Sorry. Uh, yeah. So um, I think for the international audience, it's quite uh, interesting because um, every German club should have, by the law, um, a democratic structure. But the democratic structure of our club is really, you know, open. So you easily can become a member. There is a section, um, you could join FC St. Pauli as a supporter. It's called the, um, may I say, the, um, the, the chapter for supporting members. That's how you could translate it. Um, that means you can be a member with um, same time being just a supporter or a fan and the money you donate in the, or you, you spend in the club goes to the development of the youth sector but with this at the same time you have a say in the club that means you can join the agm you can um then um yeah take part in the decisions and all that stuff and um, not every german club has this kind of um, open structure so that's one thing and the other thing of course is that the club does a lot of community work and it's not only the club it's the club and its supporters so there are um, the club offers stuff like um, there is um, a foundation they run to support social projects like supporting homeless people and all that stuff. But on the same time, the fans run 
a lot of projects, for example, organizing street soccer or the, the ultras of the club now were really involved in all this kind of Corona help stuff. So they organized shopping for older people. They organized, um, they turned the swimming pool of our district into a bathroom for homeless people. They helped there. Um, they did a lot of stuff and uh, yeah, that somehow describes the spirit. And of course the politics are a important um yeah topic um for us it was all or is always an anti-fascist club since the 80s let's say and people kept that spirit and yeah it's still developing it they're still developing it and the club is involved in a lot of politics and has a nice role within the whole sector of football let's say so our club is always the one, um, or our president always says, oh, let's maybe democratize the whole football structure. And they they did again about Corona. They said, it's a good chance to take this crisis to think about the whole field of football and how we could reorganize it, getting more fans and sports, you know, also the players involved in democratic decisions and stuff. So football yes. back, in, back in Germany, unlike it is over here in England, I yeah. think I think that'd be quite interesting to talk about about what the general vibe of that is in Germany from the fans' perspective, and then from a public health perspective. What what are people thinking over in Germany about football being back? Um, yeah, it's interesting. So um, because I think the what I would call the active fans, so people that are organised and going to football on a regular basis, and especially the ultra groups in Germany, they are quite strong all of them or nearly all of them were against it because they said let's let's say there is well, one point is there is such a high risk um for the health of the people so the ultras were much more behind you know protecting people than the football association was um that's one interesting point because normally the ultras have very back bad uh, covering in the me- coverage in the media and all that stuff but in this case all the newspapers said or oh, quite good the ultras are such good people they they think about each other and all that stuff um and on the same time they said if we can't really join the football as supporters it's not proper football it's it's boring and a lot of people fear that it could change the whole structure you know or that there could be higher prices we already have so much uh, clubs where you can't really enter as a let's say working class or non rich person so that's one point but on the other side sky announced when they um screened the game that they had a very high you know number of viewers that that watched the game in television so it's not like people boycotting the the television but on the other side you know what kind of options do you have if you really want to see the game so it's in between this so and what I find very interesting is in the case of Hamburg that the police was really surprised that during we had the game that only, I think, 10 to 20 people showed up in front of the stadium trying to watch the game from a tree or from a higher building, all that stuff. And that's uh, it's not really a surprise because everybody before said we don't want that stuff to happen and the police expected all the ultras coming to the stadium and doing riots so that not happened but i could tell you before it will not happen because why should somebody do that if they are against the game taking place so yeah that's that's somehow the the field of tension we are in at the moment that's quite similar to the the media over here there's been a lot of 
discussions, especially from the mayor of Liverpool, saying that if mm-hmm. Liverpool are to win the league behind closed doors, there's going to be twenty to 50,000 people descending on Anfield. And I, I think it's quite wrong how football fans have been demonised um, in this. So what, what's your take on German football being back from your personal perspective? Are you happy to see the games return or would you have preferred it to wait until the fans could come back? Um, so um, what I always so um, it's my personal rule is if I miss a game, if it you know doesn't matter, if it's a home or away game, um, or especially if it's a home game, let's say like this, I would never watch it in television. I always turn on the radio that our um, active fan base they they offer radio, um, commentated radio because I want to you know show them the respect for that that offer, and I wouldn't watch it because i yeah it's like yeah it's i don't know how to it it's to punish myself that i not managed <laughs> to see the game let's say it like this and that's what i did for corona i, I tried to follow the, the the news ticker and all that stuff and i not watch the game on television and if i can't go to the away games i have my own rule if it's because of work i'm okay to go to the pub in the evening and watch the game with friends but if it's because you know I I felt like okay this time it's such a long travel I don't want to go to a small village in Bavaria and travel 13 hours in the bus, I would also not watch the game in television. And I think that's that's what I have to put into the Corona situation now. And to be honest, I I'm not sure I really want to watch any of the games from this kind of supporters' perspective. I thought about watching it maybe from this academical perspective let's see how the sound changes and and all this stuff so there is this in you probably know that there's this guy with the sound project that always joined um a football collective i forgot his name i'm very sorry um but he already contacted us to ask how is st pauli sound going and that i found that a very interesting question to look on the game from this perspective yeah paul he's a great guy um, yes, exactly. There was an interesting article today in The Athletic from Raphael um, Hungerstein, and mm-hmm. he said that, that a lot of the players had said they were more tired because the game time had increased, and they think that is attributed to the fans not being in the stadium and influencing the breaks in the game in terms of fouls and other decisions. Um, mm-hmm. But that could be an interesting thing to consider as well. Yeah, and... and um... If I could put it into a more academical um, answer, I saw there is, um, or we have this German philosopher and he say our whole life is about, or he took um, this theory from sounds as well. And he said, our whole life is about getting resonance. I'm not sure if that words exist in English. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, okay. And I think that's missing now. So you, it's like you interacting with or somebody you normally interact with is missing. And so I think it's the same when we do the video calls. You, you, you feel like you are observed and you're not sure you're doing something right. You have no feedback and all that stuff. So I can imagine it's really exhausting because I, you know, it's, it's just a theory, but I think they feel the same like we do after we did the two hours of um, online lesson for students and you never get any feedback. I'm not sure how it works with you, but if I do the online lessons, everybody turns off the camera. You know, <laughs> there are somewhere out there, but you can't really see them and they're not answering your questions or maybe one or two people are answering the questions. And it must, f- I think it has 
be the same feeling like the players have on the field if they are like playing for nobody just for the fun and then it's basically what we normally do in the in the park when we play football but in the end it's not the same so I, I can imagine that it feels very hard for them to do that yeah well Fabian it's been brilliant having you on the podcast um, I hope that you can get back to watching St. Paul as soon as you can so thank you very much yeah thank you for the opportunity and um, I hope uh, you could also go back to the normal football in the UK very soon thank you All right.